Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Director Amanda McKaylee's provocative documentary follows several aspiring parents who desperately want to have a baby but are struggling with infertility and the high cost of treatments. They place themselves in the hands of a Las Vegas doctor and his annual contest, which offers prizes in a free round of in vitro free round of in vitro fertilization with no guarantee of success. That is the uh, story behind this wonderful documentary, this very even-handed documentary on in vitro fertilization, and that would be, it's called Vegas Baby, and we're honored to have with us today the director of Vegas Baby, Amanda McKaylee. Amanda, welcome to Film School. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm tempted to ask if you had a personal involvement with this particular issue before you did the documentary, or just to thought this is a great subject in which to explore further. Unfortunately, I did have a personal connection. I, I wish I didn't, <laughs> but, you know, uh, this is kind of how uh, art imitates life and, and vice versa. <laughs> uh, my husband and I had our own infertility experience that was very unexpected for us. We had been very career-focused and got married later in life and hadn't really given all of this a whole lot of thought, to be honest. Um, I decided that I really wanted to have a family, and we went through some really hard discussions about how we would balance that with our work life and, and our other priorities. And at 39, we we both decided, like, okay, let's give this a shot, thinking, oh, the hard part's over. We made this decision. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> and uh, six months later, uh, my OBGYN advised that we go see a fertility doctor because it wasn't working. And literally the, the, the first appointment we had we walked in thinking, oh, well, we wouldn't really do IVF. Like, we're not that desperate. You know, we had all these sort of assumptions around what we would or wouldn't do. But we walked in, and the doctor looked straight at us. He, he'd done a sperm analysis, and he said, sorry, but, you know, I know you're worried about your age, Amanda, but your husband has an extremely low sperm count, and the only way you can get pregnant is through IVF. And it was just a shock to us. We had no idea, and they had no idea at that time why my husband had a low sperm count. So we were just instantly thrust into this world of reproductive medicine that we really didn't know anything about, and we also were encouraged to decide very quickly because, all, you know, even though at that time I looked pretty good for my age, at 39 I was right on the precipice, <laughs> and they, we had to act very quickly. Hmm. So, you know, we emptied our savings account, did a round of in vitro, and then once again I thought, okay, well, this sucks, but, <laughs> you know, hopefully it'll work. Yeah. And it, and it didn't work. And that was a real, that was the real wake-up call for me of like, whoa, I can't believe we just got ourselves into this without really knowing a whole lot about it. And I had, you know, I think like a lot of people, I had some friends who'd been through it, and two of my friends had had success in their first try at age 40. So that was sort of my data sample. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, it just, you know, it really hit me like a ton of bricks that I hadn't seen many documentaries about this. As a filmmaker, I instantly thought, how can I take this personal experience and turn it into something meaningful and helpful for other people? Because I just felt really ignorant about the whole experience. So I, it was actually while I was researching financing options for our second round of IVF, which I really thought we would never do, 
that I came across an article in the New York Times about how clinics and raffles are <laughs> clinics were having these raffles and contests. And I, I thought this is just bananas, but I also kind of understood the desperation and the, the financial challenges that people face. So I thought that would be a really provocative way to explore this, this crazy world that we had been thrust into. So little did I know that, you know, <laughs> my own infertility journey would continue and, and alongside the film. So, you know, I'm not in the movie. It's not a personal film, but I did have kind of my own journey alongside behind the scenes. And there is a Dr. Shear. Am I saying that correctly? People say it all different ways. I, I say Dr. Shear, but I'm sure. not even sure what's right. <laughs> okay. Dr. Shear is the is the doctor that you mentioned that, that holds this raffle. Or uh, no, what is is because they they struggle whether or not to call it a contest because there are, then it implies winners and losers. I mean, there's a whole thing, but this whatever it is, <laughs> an opportunity. It's a contest. It's a, it's contest. a contest. Okay, <laughs> and you submit videos and and you sort of make your case. Um, was the doctor open to being when you approached him? I assume you, there must have been some trepidation or not. What was his sort of reaction when you came to him with the idea of filming what he does? Well, that was the interesting thing about this process. I mean, I've been making films for over 20 years, and access has gotten harder and harder um, for documentaries. I think it's uh, for a whole lot of reasons. That could be a whole other interview. Yeah. But, you know, we've been turned down by all kinds of places for the, for you know what I thought were kind of paranoid or conservative reasons, but I definitely did not expect these people to say yes to us. I mean, the New York Times article was pretty scathing and said these contests were exploitative and, you know, a reproductive medicine clinic is a fairly intimate place and there's lots of concerns about HIPAA. But literally, his marketing director said, oh yeah, sure, come on down, film anytime. First phone call. First phone call. And I said, and I I don't normally do this, but I just wanted to make sure that they didn't think I was going to be doing something promotional. I said, are you concerned about criticism? I mean, this article was very critical. And and they were like, we have nothing to hide. Just come on down and check it out for yourself. So I thought they were very courageous to allow me because I, you know, I had full creative control and we were shooting Cinema Verite style fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had them mic'd up and running around their hallways and we had to navigate how to do that so the patients would feel comfortable. And then, of course, there's the secondary issue of getting access to the subjects of the people that we really follow in the film are the patients. Yeah. And, um, and that, you know, that, that took some time to build that trust, but no, the access in the film was, was phenomenal. And I really credit everybody in the movie for having the, the courage to put their personal stories out there. Yeah. The access is remarkable. I mean, it makes the film, I mean, just, uh, for, for all the reasons you're saying the kind of the levels of intimacy, the, um, and, and also on one hand, I'm surprised. On the other hand, given Dr. Schur's uh, propensity, uh, attraction to promotion, sort of the the, the old adage, um, any news is good news. I mean, even any if... Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, good yeah, publicity. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say, yes. <laughs> I, I know. So I'm, I'm on that level, okay, I get why he was willing to do it. But still, it's a risk. And you're, and you're right. Credit to him and his staff. Uh, for for uh, for their access, and th- there's a lot of nuances in this film. There's no, in some ways, there's no bad guys, but there's shades, certainly shades of gray in here, very much so from from my perspective. And um, but everybody, and then there's the other side of the people who are 
willing to to let you into their lives as they go about trying to trying to do this. And you do see across the spectrum of the you know the intensity by, of what, by which these people are prepared to go through whatever it is whatever financial sacrifice emotional sacrifices marital <laughs> sacrificing a marriage yeah. possibly the uh, all, list goes on it does it does <laughs> and and it does say something about the sort of the drive for us to recreate procreate and all these things all of them are here but in very in, in very nuanced ways and it's a that's one of the things that really kicks this documentary into another sphere is that well thank you that was really important for us especially in the edit room to strike that balance and not make this agitprop um rallying against you know here here's here's the bad guy here's the good guy i think we and i think that also goes for the patient subjects you yeah, know yeah. these people are not heroes they're very vulnerable yeah. people making tough decisions and and you don't always 100 percent understand where they're coming from or empathize but i hope that the the big picture you know whether you've been through this or not that you gain a general understanding and and, and an empathy for at least the desires that are there if not every single decision that people make and and we try to give people insight into what drives people towards those decisions and and the cost of those decisions right and and also to understand and you don't get it to it in, in like a, a um nerdish levels of understanding <laughs> the, in in terms of the cost involved here you do a, i mean there's there's certainly information in here holy you know schnikey that it's as expensive and and also there are physical as well as psychological physical uh price to be paid in in going through this as well and that's explored uh is in as well in the film so in a very entertaining and easy to relate to way that's how this film comes across it's okay i hear it i see it and now i understand much better holy like i said holy shnikey this is not something <laughs> you go in and just it's it's not you know uh go in for an ejection we're done thank you i'll see you in nine months when i deliver the baby i mean it, it's it's a lot and no it uh, takes it takes over your life and and as you say there there are physical costs and it's a physical process but i think the psychological one is the one that's the yeah. most uh, well, riveting for me as a filmmaker and also just, you know, as a person having been through it, people just have no idea, you know, and I, you know, I draw the parallel sometimes but I've worked on other documentary projects about medical, medical conditions in America that are not taken so seriously or misunderstood. So this might seem like an odd metaphor, but, you know, anorexia, yeah. alcoholism, mm -hmm. infertility, these are, are, are medical conditions that are seen also as social and psychological problems. Mm -hmm. And, and it makes them so hard to treat, you know? I mean, if you're going through infertility, it's not just a question of, you know, people often have advice, well, why don't you just do this, or why don't you just do that? Or, it, But it's it's so much wrapped up into the psyche and something that's perhaps hardwired into our biology, but certainly culturally reinforced, and so many different cultures and backgrounds of people struggle, struggle with this in different ways. Um, it's really a, a, a fascinating subject and one that I think deserves more conversation. I think what you just articulated is absolutely right. Those those three areas and understanding the, literally the biology of just what you're talking about uh, and how it impacts our decision making, our our psychology. Yeah, and you have you certainly have done that with with this film in in this on this subject. Tell me, yes, you're going. By the way, we're uh, when reminder listeners, we're speaking with uh, director Amanda 
McKaylee, and she's the director of a new film called Vegas Baby. And I know you can go to uh, your website. It's VegasBabyFilm.com. There you go. I knew it was simple. And our, and I have it and right in front of our social media is also Vegas Baby Film. Okay. But yeah, we're currently on iTunes and Amazon, all the streaming stuff, and, and yeah. we'll be on Netflix uh, July 4th. Yeah. So congratulations on yeah yeah really you you've hit you're hitting all the platforms and uh, and I I suspect this will be a very popular addition to all of those platforms just simply because it, the quality of the work but also because of the interest in this subject, which brings me to my question as you're going through this and how this must have been filmed over what a year or how how long did you was the it? actual Filming took place over two years, two years, and of course, right. editing takes forever. We, we were making the film for about three years. Okay. And as you're going through this, at some point, as you articulated earlier, um, you have gone through this. What, what yeah. was your – did you have at any point during the making of this film kind of have to take your – emotional reactions sort of put him in a suitcase somewhere and put him on the, you know, next to you. With, uh, I mean, was there, what was this like for you to go through and to kind of relive or maybe not relive, but certainly be present for people who are going through much of what you went through? You know, it's interesting. I was, someone asked me this at a Q and a recently and I, and something hit me. Um, this is sort of an example of how my work affects my, my, interaction with, with subjects that I find challenging. I mean, just a very small example. I'm terrified of, of needles, like IVs. and Like if I watch someone injecting heroin, even in a movie, just watching a movie, someone putting a needle in their vein yeah, makes I, me want to hurl. Like it makes me yeah. nauseous. I have, When I have to get my blood drawn, I, I have a, a physical reaction. Yeah. But I can film someone being injected or, you know, putting a needle in their vein all day because when I look through the lens, I'm working (laughs) and there's a purpose. It's very, it's just for some reason, it's like I put a different hat on Mm -hmm. and it allows me to face and explore something that I find challenging when I'm in my civilian mode. So maybe that helps you understand. It's like, I actually don't have an incredibly emotional reaction when I'm filming this stuff. I I feel like I'm working and I have a purpose Mm -hmm. and it's certainly therapeutic and helps me figure stuff out. And, and I'm in the editing room, we're, you know, having pretty deep discussions about all this stuff. And, and certainly as someone who's gone through this, you know, maybe that's partly my way of, of understanding my own experience and, and the human experience. Um, hmm. But I never felt like, oh, because I've gone through this, I'm too emotionally connected. I just, I didn't feel that. I think I definitely feel like it probably had an effect on just my own general mental state like sometimes i just needed a break from this subject matter oh, but because go. we're yeah. we're filming over a long period of time you can take breaks there there were times when i did other jobs for hire i would just t- step away from the subject matter altogether which is really important to get some perspective yeah well i mean did it because we follow i'm just generalizing i think about five different is that sound about right five different storylines something well if you count the clinic as one we yeah. really followed three um patient stories Two couples and one single woman. Mm-hmm. But of the people who were sort of finalists, I, I guess I'm sort of lumping together a couple of sort of extraneous parts of the the story. The people that, yep. that who's, who who present their video. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wondered if that had you know in terms of who you followed that, because you had to. One of the good things about the movie is uh, you you hint 
at the success rate of this by virtue of who we who we see comes out on the other side with a baby and who doesn't. And I have a feeling that that is roughly equivalent in some manner to the percentage of times that it actually doesn't or does work. Is well, that- we actually have the statistic in the film. If thirty a single round of IVF nationally has a, a success rate of thirty percent. Well, that's about what you and yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so. But that's a single round, and the the people in our film go through multiple rounds and lots of heartbreaking stuff to yeah. to get what they get at the end of the movie. And we, you know, spoiler alert. Um, but but yeah, I mean that's the thing that that people don't get about this and why the Vegas of it all is yes. not a stretch. Yeah, it's right. really gambling, yeah. and it's gambling with pretty low odds. And keep in mind, thirty percent—that's for all ages, right? So yeah. if you're yeah. a twenty-five-year-old woman, you're going to have better odds because, unfortunately, ladies, this is really all about your biology. The sperm matters, but once they get it in there, it's not going to be a huge factor. The, the age factor is really about the women. Hmm. So if you're twenty-five, you're going to have better than thirty percent chances. But you know, we have this post-feminist problem in our in our culture that a lot of us are trying later into our 30s or maybe even into our 40s. And trust me, your odds are not 30% when you're up in that range. They are much lower. Right, right. And yeah, and and just like Vegas, I'm going to say this very crudely, but the house always wins. Uh, <laughs> yes, I haven't I haven't used that quote, but I will. It's it's really true. Yeah, Doctor Shear always wins, and uh, and so and that's another yeah, thing. They, they get they get paid whether you have a baby or not. That's right. So this is more like Vegas than maybe you can consider in my in my opinion. But the uh, and the other part of this is that how it's not covered by insurance. Uh, how uh, typically not. So typically, some, yeah. Maybe you have a high end. Some, yeah. And some states, there's very few states that have mandates. But yeah, I would say most people that I met did not have insurance coverage for this. Right. So, so that it's sort of relatively speaking, in terms of something that is so critical to to people's future, it's relatively unregulated as well. So there's another part of this. But this isn't it's a completely. Sca- it's completely unregulated. Okay. Oh, there and, you go. And America is the most expensive country in the world for reproductive medicine. Yeah, there is. So, which should not come as a shock, given that's probably the case for most of our healthcare. Right. While this isn't a scathing expose film, it certainly op- it cracks the door open for us to consider just what you're just what you're saying and what you talked about. Um, yep. I just wanted to quickly relate because I did uh, before we got on the air. My sister went through this, and she was forty when she st- when she started this, or a little bit before forty when she started, and went through three rounds, and eventually they were quote unquote successful, and they put in a couple of eggs, and she had triplets. So. Uh, but I know, and from watching your film, it re- it reminded me so much of kind of the psychological the pressure and 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 stress that she was under physically, very demanding in those first two rounds, all three of them, and then carrying uh, you know triplets too. I think she went to oh god, that my math is terrible, like fifty. What was it? Oh my god, thirty. Two weeks, something like that. Does that sound right? Anyway, it was a yeah. yeah. That's tough. Yeah, so well, I know. Really, yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I guess the thing I would say is like you are proof that you know pretty much everyone I talk to about this film knows someone that has been through it. They may not have been through it themselves, but you know, one in six couples worldwide uh, go through this. But yet, people still really don't talk about it. You know, right. I think in small pockets, you have women talking about it to each other. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is something that is still kind of a taboo around it. Yeah. And 
there's a lot of judgment around it and misinformation. And, and look, I mean, the technology is advancing faster than our culture can adapt. Yeah. And it's time for us to really, you know, have better, deeper, more honest conversations about this because people want this service and they're seeking it out. And they're very vulnerable um, because they they don't have insurance helping them pay, and they don't have intermediaries or regulation, and and people need to get educated. So, you know, and and this is a you know a film podcast. It's like as you mentioned, like yes, and it's an entertaining film. Like it was very important to me to make a film that was that was character driven and narrative and could stand on its own. But you know, we end up talking about the content a lot in documentaries, and um, this is one of the few documentaries I made where the the social aspect of it is, is really critical to me. Sometimes my films are more about character, and, and this one, I think, has both. Yeah, and in, in the last couple of minutes I have with you, I want to kind of veer off a little bit. First of all, we're speaking with uh, Amanda McKaylee, and she is the director of the film Vegas Baby. You can read and find out more about the film at VegasBabyFilm.com, and it is on platforms now. Um, um, as well. It's out of theater, or is it still in theaters? As of we're, doing, we're doing community screenings, but yeah. it's mostly going to be online. And, and it was on PBS, so it's be playing on PBS. It's everywhere, people. <laughs> it's <laughs> everywhere. Thank you so much for being on film. So thank you for the film. Thank you for agreeing to come on and talk to me. Oh, thank you for having me. It's really uh, <laughs> great talking with you. As well. Thank you. Amanda McKaylee, the film is Vegas Baby. Go to VegasBabyFilm.com to find out more. And just check it out. Watch it. It's fun. And, and you'll get a lot out of it. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.